Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to WEEI, Boston Sports Original. I'm Megan Adelini sitting here with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. And do we have a show for you? My God, the Boston Herald coming out with an incredible bombshell from Andrew Callahan and Karen Garigian. We are going to talk to Karen Garigian about this full report in about two and a half hours at 4.30. Do not miss it. And uh, we will also talk to Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Patriots Insider would love to get his take on all the information here and how it tracks with the great information that he's provided us here in the afternoon for months now. Everything correlates, corroborates everything that's in this report. Guys, I don't even know where to start. For for Sports Talk Radio, this is manna from the heavens. This is incredible content. But Fitzy, for you, like, is this a... Is this a dark day for you? No. As a matter of fact, Andy and I just ripped off a quick Six Rings podcast right before we went to air today. And the two of us, I believe, Mr. Hart, referred to this as a good day for the 2023 New England Patriots and beyond. Because you know what, Mego? This is the, I referred to the Patriots offense from this past season as, aptly so, I believe, Andy, a cake wreck. It was an absolute disaster. Thank what's you. A, what's a cake wreck? I know yeah, cake exactly. walks. Something you try to bake that turns out to be an abject disaster. Ooh, I mean, my mom calls that an earthquake cake. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so See, it it's funny. I did the same thing. As soon as you explained it, I knew exactly what you meant and yeah, had a specific you know, example. Everybody's been served a cake yeah. like that at yep. a birthday party. Exactly. It was an utter and complete kitchen disaster, a total cake wreck. And what happens now is we get to purge ourselves of all the negativity, all the dysfunction, all the turmoil, all the accusations. It comes well, forth. Wait, wait, wait. I it, just want you to know that we're going to be soaking in it this afternoon. No, that's that's we're what we're going to be after taking today. a nice hot bath. Today's the bath. In the, the crazy drama that's and, in this report. And then what you do is you just you realize that it was beyond what you could have ever imagined. You perhaps uh, become a bit more informed. You become entertained by all of it. We have a laugh because we need a nervous laugh after what we just witnessed the past four and a half months. And then what you do is you wipe the counter clean and you start fresh. Here's See, I just that, take okay. it as vindication and validation. Like those okay. of us that were down there reporting every day saying, I don't know, but what I see is an absolute poop show in front of me on the practice field. This tells us, no, 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 you you were exactly right. The things you blogged about, the things you talked about in your weekly, daily, monthly podcast were right. And I and a, a little bit mm-hmm. of a... Um, you get a small victory lap today. Victory lap and a little pushback because one guy really in particular annoyed me, and that's the biggest media star on the planet these days, Pat McAfee. Huh. Early in the year after a Patriots game, 
maybe in the preseason game, I don't know, was like, and they played okay. They like moved the ball a little bit. Was like, oh, didn't look as bad as all those reporters up in New England were telling us. And like, oh, you know more, Mr. National Guy. No, 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 no. This is validation and vindication that everything we said at the time and throughout the entirety of the year and how right we were from day one when we said, this will never work. This is going to be a massive disaster. Henceforth, massive disaster. I'm going to try not to be insufferable during this program. Why today more than any other? Hours. I was going to say, why should today why be start different? Today? Why start yeah. now? I'm going to try not to be insufferable on this. But all the conversations that we had on this show and that you guys had on your podcast about the offensive coordinator and then about Mac Jones and about, oh, is Mac mouthing off too much on the field and to the sidelines and everything. The seeds of everything, it's like planted throughout this season and now we get to see the garden here. Now I let you know. Everything that was happening. That was me doing my best Jack Jones. I want to get right into it. I'm going to go through this in kind of like a chronological way. So, I mean, we can jump in, go everywhere, but I want to start where the piece starts. So this Mm -hmm. is... Karen Gregan and Andrew Callahan. If you haven't read this, I encourage you to read it. We're basically going to be doing the highlights and discussing it here. This is the show. They write, Seeds of dysfunction were planted in the spring and summer around the time Mac Jones told the media he would teach his new quarterback coach, Joe Judge, the first of multiple comments he made that would irk higher-ups. Months later, members of the organization since Belichick's offensive staff suffered from the same lack of cohesion players would display on Sundays. Soon enough, they knew they were right. One source said, I've never seen anything like it. Another source said it was disheveled. They were always scrambling to get things done. To peel back the layers of dysfunction, the Herald interviewed several sources inside and around the organization who spoke on the condition of Anonymity for fear of retribution from the Patriots. Most were of the same mind. Coaches and players collaborated in good faith, but over nine months, the relationships and processes underpinning the offense became so strained, they engendered internal doubt about the greatest coach of all time. Dun, dun, dun. In the words of one source, I love Coach Belichick, but he effed us. This now officially sounds like has there ever been a movie you've seen where you're like, ah, really wasn't that good? Man, they spent a lot of money on that. And then you hear, like, for a year, it was just a disaster on set. And people were like, well, who wrote this script? And, like, normally this director is in charge and he's a genius. It's it's like this is truly the stuff of epic it's like Hollywood Water disaster. Pro- it's That's the perfect, co- oh, my God, Megan Adelini. I am so proud of you because Waterworld is watchable You got Kevin Costner. He's one of the best yep. of all time. Dennis How Hopper can you go wrong? And $250 million of toilet water and metal sailing ships and bad Mad Max aqua style action adventure. It's watchable, but oh my God, is it a mess? You got the guy who directed Dances with Wolves to do it. Long and short, it is a perfect comp to the 2022 New England Patriots. An absolute Hollywood disaster. It was Waterworld. The one thing I liked in there that... Very I also good. would like to ask Karen, can we ask her specifically when we talk to her, like, which words she wrote and which words Andrew wrote? I've, I'm always curious when these dual byline stories. Uh, but the you key nerd. word in there, both, everybody tried. I forgot the exact phrasing, but everybody tried. Players tried. And and I, I firmly believe that. Like, they tried. They were just incapable. It was just a terrible mix. And it wasn't the ingredients in this cake disaster. The chefs 
the chefs were the biggest part the of this. The sous chefs, we should say. I guess the sous, yeah, because that's I mean, another look, part. I think Bill's skating here. It comes back to the guy's here. restaurant. Bill's you know? skating here. Bill is skating. This so is being put on Judge and Patricia, and particularly he's getting, Patricia. He's getting off scot-free? Because it seems like Matt Patricia is now a former member of the organization. If you're if you're following along at home and the Shrine Bowl and Joe Judge is there in a supervisory role and all this stuff, it sort of feels like Matt Patricia is going to be the scapegoat here, and I don't think that's right. Bill Belichick himself said it. If this doesn't work... Blame him. I'm blaming him. I choose to blame him. So this whole thing obviously started around this time last year when Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge were seemingly just shunted into these roles. And I remember Phil Perry was talking to people and he kept using the word flabbergasted. Yeah. That people around the league were flabbergasted from the outside that this was the choice that Bill Belichick was going to make to put these guys in there. And then you get to OTA's mini camp and training camp. This is where the problems really started. So I want to focus on the offense, the offensive system changes that they tried to make. Uh, In case you weren't following along, Bill Belichick ran essentially some version of the same offense for about 23 years. He tries to go to a weird Frankenstein version, slimmed down version of that combined. And Andy, you can jump in here if you want to explain it any better with the Sean McVay slash Mike Shanahan style of offense. Yeah, he the the word Bill used was streamlined. They wanted to streamline the offense, Ugh. change some of the terminology, simplified some things, and now reporters and even players took that in other direct, you know, dumbed down became a phrase that some people talked about. But yes, yeah, streamline what they'd been doing, simplify what they had been doing, and alter a lot of the running game to the wide zone principles and then some of the things that you do off of that with the boots and all of that. We saw that in camp. We saw them invest significant periods of time in that. And now fans are probably saying, wait, how come we didn't really see it during the year? Well, because at some point they scrapped most of it. Okay. So that's the point that we come to here. They try to install all of these new outside zone running schemes and everything, and it's not working, so they just scrap it. So this is from the piece, from the Herald. One source described a typical training camp practice under McDaniels, Josh McDaniels, the former OC, involving the installation of 25 pages worth of fresh run plays, Mm -hmm. another 25 of passing plays, and upwards of 40 pages of the offensive line learning protection schemes. Under Patricia or Judge, I'm sorry, under Patricia and Judge, those numbers were cut roughly by half. A source said, we had a couple protections, a couple core run plays, but our pass game didn't have much in it. So they just didn't have plays. They scrapped the stuff they were working on through training camp, and they didn't have anything to fall back on. Oh, no, they had plays. They had Mac boots left, Mac boots right, Mac incomplete, Mac gets sacked. Mac F-bomb here, Mac (laughs) F-bomb there. And, And the thing I would also point back to, I think you can get away with that at times, not having a ton of plays. You know how you do that? Really talent. Really high execution. Yeah. No, talent. Have players. I think if you're San Francisco or to some degree Cincinnati, you Kansas could City? probably get away with less plays because you have an all We've talked about it. An all pro there, an all pro there, an all pro there, a great quarterback there. But when you are, and we all went into the season questioning the talent. Oh, Parker arrived. They might have better talent, but there's still a bunch of B's and C's and complementary weapons. You can't just say we're going to roll the ball out there. You're not the 86 Celtics. If you have Bird and McHale and Parrish, you just play ball. If you have Aguilar and Parker and these guys, you can't just play ball. You need to also if have If you scheme. have Brady, Gronk, and Randy Moss, you mm-hmm. can go out and play. Play ball. But when you don't, you better have some scheme. You better be able to scheme it up a little bit. And they were scheming downward to the point where 
I don't want to be disrespectful to NFL players, but, but I feel like it's because it's bl- when it reaches the point where they're noticing how bad it is, it's probably blatantly obvious. You know what I mean? Like it's not like one play missing. Well, yeah, I don't think we have so, many plays. Andy, that brings us to the next point here. Uh, once this installation started, issues started raising in camp because none of the coaches there, as we said at the time and as we said after, and every said, why are you talking about that? Nobody had ever installed a McVay or Shanahan-style offense. So the players, this is one source, said a lot of the guys would ask, well, what's going to happen if the defense does blank? And you would see they really hadn't accounted for that yet, that being the coaches. And they'd say, the coaches would say, we'll get to that when we get to that. That type of attitude got us in trouble. So in training camp, the players are simply asking, so how do I adjust when the defense shows me this? You let me worry about that. Hey, don't worry about it. When the defense does it, we'll figure it out. But we play a team that's going to try to stop us every week. Shouldn't we... Give some thought to how they're going to react. Prior to play planning call. prevents piss poor performance. Coach, one of my college coaches used to say that. And the, the play caller, the play caller was a defensive coordinator, so of course he should know. He's reverse engineering the damn playbook. That wasn't that no what, wasn't that, that what was they the tried to theory. sell us on? Yeah, that was the working theory. They They've sold us a lot on of football. He, he like, knows every defensive scheme that they're going to throw out there. And we need to get into this at some Ooh. point. The miracle of Mac Jones. We're going to get into it. Trust me. We that are going to get we into are all of it. Left I just want to start chronologically Yes. to show that this is not an issue. There were not issues with this team that sprang up no. after Mac Jones's injury no. or sprang up with Bailey Zappi starting a couple games or sprang up after the Raiders game or, you know. They sprang any, up in the spring. This started almost a year ago. Don't and be proud of yourself. I really think that that's indicative of of failure from Bill Belichick. And you can't sit there, as you said, uh, Andy, and just focus on Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, and we will focus on them a lot. You can't just focus on how Mac Jones reacted to this. If you think he did it in the best way he could or you think that he's, you know, a total schmuck and immature or whatever, you have to keep in mind this started almost a year ago, and Bill oversaw all of it. And you can read the quote again with the F-bomb in it. That's the reality. That is, I mean, pick up the Herald today. I got to say it. I used to work there. These are my people, and I love them, so I'm going to be transparent about that. The back page alone, I, I never thought I would see in print a quote like that about Bill Belichick. I love Coach Belichick, but he effed us. Can we frame that and hang it up in the studio somewhere? It's wild. It is wild. Anyway, like I said, this is the show today, okay? We have Karen Garigian at 430, one of the authors of this piece. She's going to talk to us about it and talk to us about the reporting behind it. We're going to talk to Tommy Curran, best Patriots insider in the whole market. We're going to get his perspective at 330, so don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, um, how do you feel that they did this spring in their respected new roles? And um, at what point this summer do you want to make it clear you know, who is calling plays for your offense? Yeah, I think I've said many times that I think Matt and Joe are are two outstanding coaches in in every sense of the word. Whatever those duties entail, they're they're very good, exceptional at at the entire gamut. So glad we have both of them. They they do a good job. And is there is there a point this summer where you want to make it clear to your players or who, who is uh, calling plays on that end? Yeah, uh, look, I'm a head coach. Ultimately, I'm responsible for everything, so just leave it at that. That's what it is. Hmm. <laughs> Bill Belichick there. That was from, what date was that? That was training camp? July 26th. All right, so the very beginning of training camp. People were smelling a little issues there. Yeah, we had yet to even see the dysfunction before our eyes on the field in training camp at that point but it was coming you were starting to witness it though like right from day one at media oh, yeah. hill oh, yeah. all of you with your notepads and your phones with your hands across your shorts you were all like oh this is not good this That's is a strange bad. description it know, had tone to it ah, there was no tone or insinuation i bring a beach blanket when i'm there well you gotta bring a blanket or you yeah. get a wet bum bum or you Wait, just get like an itchy grass I, but, stuff nah just sort of sit on the hill it's like tommy if you're tommy curran Tom has his own setup. He he brings, <laughs> he brings a an giant, umbrella. First of all, with his with his marshmallow fluff skin, he comes in and he's like, and he's got the hat out to here, SPF two hundred, and a beach chair. He's protecting yeah. himself from the sun. I understand that. I understand he's pale. I got it. He is pale. He's he very, is pale. We'll talk to him pale. in about an hour. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. That's your phone number. Let's go to the phones for a minute, and we will get right back into. This crazy report from the Herald. This is Mike from Framingham. Mike, you're on. How you doing? About the Patriots uh, system, three quick things. First off, uh, why change the terminology? Go to a different team. All players have a hard time learning terminology. Keep the plays the same, but, you know, it's easier to learn a new word than a whole new language. Nothing too. High school football, when they do an install, they learn the situation on different fronts, different coverages. I can't believe an NFL team would say something, oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. And then, um, <laughs> Parcells, I mean, uh, when, he, when Belichick was under him, Belichick complained about a player not learn, knowing something. He said, oh, I taught him, I taught him. And Parcells told him, you didn't teach him well enough. You know, and, and Belichick used that story all the time. So that's why it makes no sense to me, all this stuff going on. Thanks, Mike. I it's like true. that last point. That's a great last point. If Mike. an entire class fails, they didn't fail, the teacher did. Mm-hmm. So his first, his first point there 
the story from Andrew Callahan and Karen Green and the Herald gets into this. Uh, they changed the pass protection from a numbers-based language to a words-based language, and that created confusion among the line. Uh, they write that uh, later in the season, the Patriots executed more man-blocked runs. This is when they started to shift yep. away from everything they had been doing in training camp, Good idea. featuring a pulling guard, but they hadn't repped the corresponding play-action protections enough to call them in games. This limited their opportunities to exploit the most basic and consistent cheat code in offensive football. By the time by the time they ramped up play-action, Mac Jones went 9-for-9 nine for, nine for 92 yards and a touchdown off fake play fakes in the regular season finale at Buffalo. The Patriots' success off play action and man-blocked runs had some yearning for the old offense. What was wrong with that system? One source said, you tell me, I don't know. And left out of that, Mego, is the fact that the Patriots decided even before the installation of this new Gibbs-Shanahan-Hooey-Dooey, part-McVay-Franken system, they made personnel decisions that both weakened the offensive line and frustrated existing members. Oh, that's Isaiah Wynn's music! <laughs> By sending Trent Brown to left tackle, even though he's getting right tackle money, and he was unhappy about that. Isaiah Wynn to right tackle, and he was very unhappy about that, being so chippy with Phil Perry and the great Mike Reese all season long. And then you get rid of Shaq Mason, one of the most competent guards in the NFL, and you replace him with Cole Strange, who has the body and the build, if I'm not mistaken, Andy, for more of a zone read style of offensive line rushing attack, and yet they kind of had to scrap it because it wasn't working. So there's Cole Strange with his unfit trunk getting pushed over halfway through the season. Well, I mean, I'm wherever they need me to be. Talking about the guards in particular, you had two new guards, and you chose to have two new guards. You had Mike Onweno at right guard where Shaq Mason was, and mm -hmm. then you brought in to replace Ted Karras, you brought in Cole Strange. So two guys who are not familiar with the role that they are in. So changing on the fly or falling back on what you had previously done was not an option. So it was a poop show. You know what, Andy, this is a quick aside, but oh. it does make me wonder because we, we talk so much and we're about to get into Mac Jones's role in everything. And we talk about, oh, you did you how badly did you screw up Mac Jones? Uh, best case scenario, it's just a lost year in Mac Jones's career and not actually very detrimental to his long-term development. Yes, hello. With this hello. experience, like being baptized by fire this way have they messed with Cole Strange that much I don't think so uh, I don't and I don't think there's uh, irreparable damage for Mac for Cole Strange like I do think you can put this as water just under the bridge like I don't see him having PTSD or any of that from what was that noise for you think I there is thought, no I, th I mean it's PJSD some pretty, pretty post judge pretty disgusting well, that's some bilge water that's going under the bridge I mean, there's going to yeah. be, there's going to, you can't, as much as we want to say, like, you can just start with a page one rewrite tomorrow, there's going to be some stank left over from this for a while. See, I don't think so. I actually think, so? think this is another example of what I'm talking about where it was so bad, I think players are going to be excited and engaged and happy, like, oh my God, this is, this is real NFL, this is real big boy football Okay, again. before they get there, how do you think players, and I'm, I'm not going to speculate on who inside the locker room or who represents them, or who they're affiliated with that may have been the sources, because I just mm -hmm. think that's disrespectful. We can get to how anonymous sourcing works before we talk to Karen, because I know there are people out there who are skeptical about people not attaching their names to something, but this is big boy journalism, so right. pull your pants on and shut up. But I'm not going to... I I The players, when they read this, the ones who I'm going to assume are not attached to the article... 
How are they feeling? Are they like, yes, it's out there. Like, we're redeemed. I got to believe yes. that Mac Jones looks at this and goes, yeah, yeah. it's what I just lived through. Now, not, now you know. Not everybody will give him the benefit of the doubt because we're already seeing texts that are questioning Mac and calling. So there will still be some portion, but I think the a sane human being looks at this and goes, oh, my God. No wonder Max snapped in October. He was dealing with this from April. Like, people thought Mac was being emotional even in camp, some of the things he said. But that was, he was already well down the road. Just because fans aren't at OTAs, he's at OTAs and knows, oh boy, we're not where we should be at this date in May. We're already behind. We're already, like, this doesn't look good. So I actually think Mac, we use the word validated and vindicated. I think Mac is validated and vindicated at, at how he handled this. Did he lose his cool a little bit? Yeah, and any normal person would under the parameters of this dysfunction that is being detailed in the Herald. Before hey. we get to Mac and Joe Judge, hey. I am going to say, like, I don't, I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not going to speculate on the sources. I don't see Mac Jones in this article. No, I don't. I don't. I, don't. And I, I see know others that, that there, I don't yes, want to say we won't yes. say. As a source? Yeah. No. No, I do no. not see. Sophie? He's I don't, in it for the no, longest. I don't yes, see Mac. Dog. I don't see Mac's camp. I don't see Mac's family in this. No, I don't either. And I just want to put that out there because I've heard other shows say like, oh, how do you, how, how can you respect Mac as a leader if he's going to go be an anonymous source somewhere? First of all, <laughs> as a professional, how petty, how petty it was, how petty. as a professional, you can talk to any media member that you want, however you want, and then you'll suffer the consequences with Belichick. But I, I really don't think Mac's in this. I don't either. I don't. I, now, there's others that I would yes. speculate. Yeah, and we and can talk about that If you don't want to, we don't have to. We may have mentioned a name on the Six Rings podcast oh, that I think all well, fans... Well, okay, there's one name Oh, you were, that's I the most obvious. You were born to be... Wild. Identity. Yeah, the born identity there. That's a good... That's <laughs> was a good there anyone it. also and or if it was, and we know nothing, and that is just speculation because what we do on oh, talk radio, sports radio, is just that. Is there anyone who would be... Uh, more deserving of a chance to vent their frustrations over their usage in particular this past season than said possible wide receiver. No, I'm fine with it. I think Mac, because he had to hear the voices in his head all season. That's probably some truth, but Bourne was <laughs> dragged through the To the point the that mud. he yelled, shut the F up. Yeah, yeah, but Bourne didn't get to play, didn't really get to show himself, didn't get dragged through the mud. Oh, he doesn't show up to meetings. Oh, he had an equipment violation. Oh, he threw a punch. Oh, like... that. That soap opera for Kendrick Bourne's career going from upward, first mm -hmm. year, where everybody's excited. Mutt used to call him Debo Samuel Light or something. He was all in that this was the next great he Patriot He said playmaker. in the offseason he, he wanted to have. be used like that. He shouldn't that. have. I think he listened to Mutt and should have. Hi, Mutt. All right, let's get to the let's get to the meat of this. The Joe Judge of all of it. That was okay. just the appetizer. Wait a minute, wow. Bill Belichick effed us. Wasn't the meat? I'm this, pretty sure that's the. This is like a seven course meal. We got to take our time. It's bite. one of those Brazilian steakhouses no. where I don't feel good yeah, afterwards. Have, like, Bill here Belichick, comes the turkey wrapped in bacon on the sword. Bill Belichick effed us was like the giant, just a giant shot of tequila. Okay. And now you're it's crazy. Dangerous. It's bad okay, for you. that's it. Now we've started the meal. So let's get to Joe Judge because we're still on training camp, by the way. We're still in training camp. This is what would happen with, when Joe Judge started out with his role with the players. Judge would command meetings and share the play call sheet in team periods with Patricia and Belichick. Judge also coached across positions in practice, forcing other assistants to occasionally correct his talking points 
to players during drills. That's not good. That's your job. So, so I remember this in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you and others had described this kind of almost like coaching circuit, like a weight training circuit. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing a circuit training, you yep. go from one machine to the next. And that they were seeing the offensive coaches behave this way, where they bounce from one position group to the next position group. And we were all sitting here going, what the hell are you talking about? And more importantly, if we look back on it now, I'm a big believer believer in the theory doth protest too much. Sometimes mm-hmm. when people sell you something, there's a reason they're selling you something. And do you remember, and I probably should have told Ryan about this earlier when he asked me if there was any audio he wanted to get for me. That's, um, that's fine. Joe Judge saying the, the really important part here is the players are getting the same message from all of us. We're all on the same page. So no matter who they talk to, they're getting the same message. When in reality, thanks to the Boston Herald, we find they were getting mixed messages. And anyone knows if you've coached Little League, high school, any any team of any sort, in any gender, in any sport, mixed messages. Oh, I like that. That was very lyrical. Mixed messages are the worst possible thing a team yes. can get. Oh, the worst thing is Anywhere. a coach tells you one thing, and another, another coach one. comes over and says the exact Holy opposite. Crap, what and am parenting, I to do? in coaching, and parenting anywhere, you, Good point. you have to like mom Leadership and dad have to be style. on a unified front. You can't have one say yes and one say no. Right, and that's what the, they have. The children like to usually create a house divided, and where does that usually lead you to? Being weekend dad. So this is exactly what happened down in Foxborough. This was in August. This was Matt Patricia when back then we were just trying to find out who the play caller was. We weren't even, we were saying, wow, that sounds weird in practice. Wow, it's weird that they're trying this outside zone running scheme. This just came down to the play caller, but I think it illustrates the dysfunction, this disorganization that was already down there. Are you the one scripting We all kind of handle all of the coaches uh, all the way across the board. We all kind of work together. Coach Belichick obviously, um, you know, helps us a lot too. And, and uh, you know, myself and Joe and Nick Kaylee and Vinny and Billy, we're all, it's a, it's a big divide and conquer at, at some points where we have to just, we have a lot of work to get done through the course of the night and, and everybody really understands what we're trying to do. I got to say, just from the jump here, I, and again, that's just such word salad. And oh, yeah. he, it just means like nobody Scatipi. knows what they're doing. And everybody's just trying to have a hand in every jar. I feel kind of bad for Matt Patricia at the end of this. Yes. He's a tragic at figure. At the end of this, this article that they wrote, this expose, I came out of it going, wow. Like, I knew he was a victim of poor circumstances that his best friend, who's a very powerful man, put him in. But Matt Patricia, I think, got the worst end of the stick here. He made one mistake. He took the job. That was the only mistake in my mind that he made. Everybody else made mistakes around him, led by Bill Belichick, who, again, seems to be skating a little bit here. And I don't, like, Matt Patricia feels like he's out of the Patriots picture. And this cost him, there was times a year ago people were wondering if he shows this ability at whatever level, is he the head coach in waiting? He's been working in contracts. He's got a defensive background. He has the experience. Bill loves him. He's doing this. He's doing that. Now he might be out of the organization altogether less than a year later, and it's his fault? Like, he's taking the you fall? You hurt th- me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. <laughs> you just went with John Candy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. No, no, no. That was Matt Patricia in his exit interview. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I feel bad say. for him. So Patricia he- was the guy with the sheet. And that's why yes. he was the public figure. And some of this he brings on himself based on his history. Right. Like there's the look and the clown shirt and Detroit and have some respect for the process. But some people love that. Not the respect for the process, but the clown shirt. Yeah, people they loved love it that. at the time. Yeah. Because everybody loves everything. Fitzy's people mm-hmm. love it. 
because they're winning. When you're stepping off from a what Super Bowl, all? you could do anything. You could take a dump on the logo and they would love it. Well, that's a little they, extreme. They, him. They, him. I've, come on now. I've, I'll show a little respect for the stadium. All right. Before we continue on Joe Judge, uh, let's take a call. This is Richard in Portland, Maine. Richard, what's up? Hey, good afternoon. Uh, first, love you guys. Love the show. Love the fact that you guys actually have conversation and, and, and skip all the yelling back and forth. But uh, I, I, it struck me while I was listening to you, uh, and we were talking about the dumbing down of the offense and streamlining the offense. And perhaps it wasn't so much, my point, was it wasn't so much for the players and the fact rather taking that Patricia and Judge weren't able to understand, much less actually teach and implement any of McDaniels' uh, offense because they're defensive guys. And, and I totally agree with the fact that Patricia, uh, the, the main mantle of, of uh, blame that you can lay at his feet is he took the job. Right. You know? Thanks, Richard. Uh, I mean, that's something that we talked about, I think, in game two, like in week two, talking about it seems like this has more to do with the coaches that are doing this for the first time than the players not understanding the playbook. Yeah, I well, the result, I believe, had to do with the coaches. I don't believe the streamlining and the dumbing down, the simplifying, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know that it was targeting those two guys and allowing them to do their job. I do believe the years of failed receivers, guys coming in and not being able to get up to speed with the Patriots offense, with Brady. What, your Waynes and your Galloways? Just everybody, young guys, mm-hmm. struggling. And there were just so many adjustments and offshoot plays off of this and that and coverages that Brady leaves and then McDaniels leaves. There was an obvious time period. If we're going to fix this, now is the time to fix this. It got too big because those guys added, added, added for 20 years. And you're looking at other teams where offenses are bringing in young players who are immediately becoming superstars. Receivers are are catching 1,200 yards worth of passes right out the gate saying, why can they bring in young guys and they hit the ground running? We bring in young mm-hmm. guys and it's a process and a struggle. So I think the logic and the idea was sound. The execution was hideous. That's what I think. So the easiest way to fix that is actually bring in somebody who has implemented a system like that previously and has a working knowledge of it as opposed to yes. trusting these people that you consider some of the brightest minds of both your experience and football in general, vis-a-vis Judge and Patricia, you bring in somebody who's worked with McVeigh. You work with somebody like Kevin O'Connell, and they come in and teach you how to do this as opposed to, again, like I say, reverse engineering it. Like, oh, well, I've never built a car before, but I've driven in one, and I'm pretty smart. It's not how it works, and that's why you get the abject disaster this was. And another guy that I think is interesting, he's not, I want to say he's not even mentioned in the Herald story, but I would love, like, this makes me even more intrigued by Nick Cayley. And he's sitting back and saying, what the hell is going on? Like, he has to know Guys his players. Guys who have been there for right. years. And he's looking at this and, like, the answer is like, we'll figure it out when we get there. Don't worry about it. Probably the first time he's ever heard that in a meeting on a practice field ever in his Call seven years. in high school football. Right. <laughs> so Nick Cayley thinking, and I'm not good enough for this job. I'm not good enough to mm-hmm. do this. These guys are the best. I couldn't even get an interview, Bill. Right. I, I can't Why did even he take it now, what then? he was thinking. Why did he take it now? I would have told Bill to bleep himself. I would have. If yeah. I I'm sure you would have. No, I would have. I can be dumb and vindictive. Oh. But so can Bill. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're Perfect dancing fit. around, like I said. <laughs> decades. We took, we took the shot, which was the Bill left us. 
Yes. Now we got to get to the meat of this sandwich, which is Joe Judge and behind closed doors, what it was like between Joe Judge and Mac Jones this season. We're going to detail that when we come back. Are these bongos? Yes. yes. Please allow me to I like it. Great rejoin, by the way. Ryan Garvin, behind the glass. Brings me back to when I took Afro-Brazilian dance. I thought you were going to say drugs. No. <laughs> when you started with ah. I don't take drugs. I ain't got your money. <laughs> Fourier stream are... of consciousness. Uh, ma- find mass money spot. Thirsty. Right? Give me something to drink. The drops are really messing with Andy right now. He keeps turning and being like, what is that? Well, Drop yeah. Dropping dimes. Maybe Fourier was a source. Talking about dropping dimes. It's McConaughey Fourier. <laughs> I like it. All right. We're diving right back. Get your hand out my pocket. The autopsy on this Patriots season, everything that went wrong, prompted by this bombshell article in the Boston Herald from Karen Gregan and Andrew Callahan. It's time to get to Joe Judge. So we heard from earlier in the article that Joe Judge's role with the team became this weird kind of floating offensive guy where he would go position group to position group during practice, during team periods, and offer coaching advice, and oftentimes the actual coaches from those position groups would have to come in and counter that. Well, if you even remember the breakdown very early in camp was some t- like seven on seven, Matt Patricia's down in Dante's Inferno land with the offensive linemen, so Judge is running it. Oh, now we're going to go 11 on 11. Matt comes down. Oh, Matt has to leave. So Judge is calling plays. Judge is right there, hands on. Then he's kind of being stepped around by Matt because now he's back in the picture. And there was just that whole weirdness to it. They split responsibilities even so far as uh, the in-stadium practice that the fans could. Like they were, the one was calling one offense, one was calling the other. And didn't they, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Carolina preseason game, they split responsibilities. One of them called the first half, one of them called the second half. Well, and we went through the whole thing when we were asking everything. Bill even got it down to... Calling the play or communicating the play? You mean communicating the play. And like, no, I don't even know what you're talking about now. You're muddying the water. There was one day day where Bill was calling it in the red zone. Yeah. Remember? And everybody was like, Bill's going to be the play caller? What a wild time. Okay, so What a time to be alive. Here's what it was like behind the scenes. As the season went on from training camp to the actual season, which we haven't really gotten to yet, Patricia, Matt Patricia, because he became the play caller, comes under fire. Uh... As the face of the offense, Garigian and Callahan write, they say Judge, Joe Judge, drew increasing criticism from within. Mm. Belichick would blast him in practice. And it wasn't uncommon for Judge and Mac Jones to trade profanity-laced outbursts. I can't stand it. Run it again. Mac Jones's trust in his (laughs) position coach was effectively non-existent. One source said Mac didn't like him at all all oh my god another source said judge would speak extra loudly in meetings trying to project like he was the guy and i think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way a third source added a lot of people were frustrated with judge i mean we need to i'm going to say something here that is just my personal opinion he's judge isn't very likable like we've seen this like even remember when McCourty, general manner of personality yes he's abrasive he's arrogant he can be kind of loud and confrontational in the few times he i've talks talked a lot we're talking very about much Judge so or me uh he can he he can be sensitive about certain things if you ask him questions about things that revolve around his coaching and even back when he was special teams coach remember even 
when McCourty kind of stepped in it when he was on one of the pregame shows during mm-hmm. the bye week and kind of said, well, you can see how the team's responded to a new coach in New York, and it was oh, sort of about the old coach. Like, I'm sorry. He praised That's the Giants. That's who he is. He F-bombs the hell out of the practice field. Always has, always will. Going back... Ten years, however long he's been here. Okay, but that's not unique. No, and that's the problem. F-bombs that are productive, Dante Scarnecchia creates a bond with the players that cannot be broken. The most popular co- position coach that I've ever seen is Dante Scarnecchia. They would die for that Hands man. down. And he could be in the building. Easy going, fun time, different than when Judge was there. And I think all the players are enjoying it. And they're playing hard for Dave's right now. That that's was this you, year. Not even that close. was this year. Devin McCourt, was it Devin McCourt or Jason? It was Devin. That was was November. Yeah, it was a bye week, I think. He did the pregame. He went on the NFL today. And he, I mean, he said it all right there. If you're Mm -hmm. listening, he said it all. Okay, but to that point, Josh McDaniels, like, the, if you've been to training camp and sat through those team periods as a fan, you've probably heard the goddammits that ring across the field. Can we say that? Yeah, I just asked Ryan. He said I could. Gravy boats. Made sure. Okay. Okay. Dude, will you relax over there? I don't want anybody getting an FCC fine. Fine. Okay. Okay. Are you good? But yes, all coaches on some level can be mean. Can you you can use certain language that's abrasive? But I'm talking about (laughs) Joe Judge is just abrasive. He's just in a. And the other thing is his ascension. He's the third best special teams coach the Patriots have had in the last two decades, and somehow he turned it into a head coaching. The other two being Um, Scotty O'Brien. Yep. And Brad, Brad Seeley. Seeley, right? Like he's the third best special teams coach, and somehow he ascended to so, not only head coach but then offensive. So what is it that Belichick coach? likes about him so much? Because he's got an obvious blind spot for Matt Patricia. What is his blind spot for Joe Judge? Because Judge, in addition to rubbing people, many people, the wrong way, including en- me, ends up uh, and yourself as well. And you love everybody. If there's True. anyone I've ever met who likes people, it's True. you, people person. But all the way back to Edelman a few years ago, there was the story of Edelman and he getting in a shouting match, and he was told to get the f off the field. You don't know what the f you're doing, and that's the root of it for players. That's bad. That's like, generally if your team leader calls out one of your coaches, and then the team gets behind it. How in the hell they're going to respect him when he comes back is beyond me. But any. And I've asked a thousand players, probably, and probably not, that's an exaggeration. A couple hundred players over the years. You talk about coaches and coaching and position coaches. As long as he's giving me the information I need, putting me in position to succeed, knows what he's doing, players will respect it. We've seen coaches come in all shapes and sizes. Nepotism's an argument. But guess what? All the players love Steve Belichick. Probably because, because he doing. never turned around and said, don't worry about it. We'll get to it when we get to right, it. Right. That's my point. If <laughs> you're prepared. for an explanation. And by the way, how wild is that? That anecdote from this report that they were told, we'll get to it when we get to it. And then it comes out on the other end that Max such a why guy. Right. Why is he asking the coaches for an elaboration? Why is Kendrick Bourne asking about the new system? Oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. Don't worry about it. And I continue to say Mac wasn't a, a problematic Y guy in 2021 because he was led Never by a competent coach. As a matter of fact, his Y guyism, if you will, was referred to as curiosity, a sign of a high intellect and a want to succeed, ambition, if you will. And now it's referred to as something detrimental to the offense and the football. Only because when he asked why, they didn't have the answers. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, Andy. They were insecure. they're Charlie Casserly. <laughs> They were insecure well, that they didn't football. have the answers. Right. This all comes back to the insecurity of being wrong for the job. Again, it goes back to Bill Belichick. Exactly. They are the wrong guys for the job. They're insecure because they're supposed to be leading this offense. They don't know how. And when someone asks them, they feel weak. Well, and I would too. 
But you you touched on it. That's Bill. Because coaches prepare to coach. There's coaches meetings before, like game plan meetings, all of this, pre-OTA meetings, preparing. So that means you, Bill, didn't prepare them. And it is on Bill. Because this is not Josh McDaniels. This is not somebody who can presume he's been here five years. I can slack off a little bit because it's May and I don't need to do that. No, no, no. You knew you were putting those guys in a spotlight. Good coaches can coach. Good coach. And you didn't prepare them, so they didn't have the answers. So immediately they're put in a bad position. And when all of us are put in bad positions, sometimes we don't react well. Can we agree on that? Sure. Most people don't. Ego comes out. Defensiveness comes out. Mm -hmm. We lash out. Something comes out. Insecurity. Yes. And that's where I'm on Joe Judge's side. He was insecure because Bill Belichick didn't prepare him to succeed, and now he's not preparing Mac Jones to succeed. Now everybody's insecure and angry. It would also probably have taken Belichick years to prepare him to be in the oh, situation yeah. that he was in. At least 10,000 hours. That's is why he the just wasn't the right person for the job. And you can say, like, okay, Mac didn't like him. And he was talking too loud in meetings, talking too much, trying to be all over the field in every position group, and that annoyed guys. Yeah, so I'll give you a direct answer right there, not to be a baseman or anything. It's mm-hmm. not like he's like a bad person. He was absolutely the mm-hmm. wrong person. Why are you smirking over there? I don't know. I don't know him personally. I'm but not Joe kind of Judge coming on Patricia. here and saying that he's a he's a bad guy. He was absolutely the wrong person to be involved in this offense Yes, in any way. But why, and we can get into this later more, Fitzy asked it, like, why does Bill have a blind spot for Joe Judge? Why does he keep promoting him to be, he got him the New York Giants job, right? Mm-hmm. He gave him the quarterback's he coach job that he's McDaniels not. from getting the Kind of manipulated job. it, right. Mm-hmm. My guess is when those rumors and reports were out that he was going to get the Mississippi State job, Bill put in a letter of recommendation. Why does Bill feel so strongly that Joe Judge is good when most examples point to the fact he isn't that good? Julian Edelman, not that good. Mac Jones, not that good. New York Giants, Daniel Jones, not that good. Like, at some point, why is Bill so all in that Joe Judge is so damn good? You know what? You're being a real why guy right now, Andy. Yeah. We're going to visit that on the other side. We're going to continue talking about this article, and we're going to dive deeper into Joe Judge, his relationship with Mac Jones, and how that came out publicly, and how that affected Mac's reputation in his second year in the NFL. We're also going to talk to Tommy Curran in about a half hour, so don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 